you ready? I'm ready. I don't know what to say. It's been so long since we've done this. I have no clue how to start this podcast. Yeah. Do you do you recall? No. <laughs> I know you hated the intro, so I we just said our names, right? It could be like you could be like, This is Jay and she's Maddie. This is Jay. And this is and our she's kids Maddie. asleep. And our kids asleep. <laughs> there you go. You, yeah, and you don't even have to say, this is our kids asleep. You could just say, and our kids asleep. Ah, uh, hell yes. That's pretty good. I like that. That sounds really good. It only good. took us like a full year to it's figure out. It's a year out. and a half now. <laughs> but How are this goddamn show is just finally coming together. Yeah. But yeah, if you haven't noticed, most of you probably haven't noticed, but we've been off the airwaves for a little while due to just general exhaustion from the pandemic, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's exhaustion. I think it's having a lot on our minds. Um, it not, hasn't stopped. Yeah, like it's just been like one disaster after another, one catastrophe after another. So it's a little hard to um, to think about the podcasting a little part bit. Of it. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that it's it's been an interesting time because normally you would imagine that. Being in the situation where you're you're at home and you get to spend kind of time with your family, that you would be kind of brainstorming and just kind of, you know, feeling like you're you have a little bit more leisure time to process some of these things. That's sort of how I initially took it, but it's been a lot harder than I thought processing the the fun stuff. You know. Yeah, I um, to be honest, this hasn't really changed my like schedule that much because well my job has continued to yeah and so is my march on but it's it's sort of like a like more things piling on top of one another i mean some people moved away from from work from the workplace and they they were kind of stationed in their homes trying to figure out how they're going to feed their families like legitimate concerns for mm -hmm. sure but i think you know for us it was more like okay you still got to do your job and then you got to worry about not getting sick while yeah. you're at work. Yeah. And you you have to find a way to keep your family safe. Yeah. On top of all of it. And it, it's it's been a weird time. It's mm -hmm. been a very complicated situation. But I think that now we finally found our footing again. Yeah. Kind of feels like. And then it's going to change again. And then. Right. Well, it <laughs> we'll changed. We'll have to figure it out again. <laughs> of course, it changed again with the protests and the the movement um, for justice and now it feels like there's another thing to to contend with but uh, we want to catch everyone up on the last month and a half I suppose or however long it's been so do you want to start with uh, pandemic stuff and kind of what we went through yeah um, As... <laughs> so the pandemic has sort of just been like a thing like it's just constant life goes on but it's always kind of in the back of your head um and then uh, uh two weeks ago you got a call that you'd been i may have been in contact no i was in contact in with contact. somebody who who had covid and i had to not just like they may have it it was a positive yeah actually test. that that's right they they positive had person. a positive test and we had to self-isolate right for for 14, 14 days. days so that was on a sunday and i was pretty much home for two weeks just you know yeah and by association i also self-isolated for it was just a week for me but um 
you were able to get tested, which we decided was probably yeah, just, just even if it's just for like peace of mind, we were like, we should yeah, we, still do it. And we had been in contact with your family, and and then I was just kind of concerned about my in laws and my coworkers and stuff yeah. like that, and our son that I wanted to make sure that we were kind of being cautious about that. So sure enough, we go there in the morning and. I want to relate my tale of, of woe, uh, which was not as woeful as actually getting the, the illness, of course. Right. But uh, <laughs> we, we go over there and we waited 45 minutes, you know, as they try to figure out what, what needed to happen. And then the lady comes out with this, <laughs> I don't know, like sort of a swab. And, and she's like, okay, you got to stay still and not grab me because you might be contagious. And... Sure enough, she shoves the the swab, which is probably four or five inches, Mm -hmm. was it? It, And I felt it in the back of my throat, and I felt it exploring every little (laughs) (laughs) nook and cranny in there, trying to get as much of the the stuff as humanly possible. It was a horrifying thing to to behold. I just, I Um, felt shitty because... You know, the worst thing that you can do in that situation was cough. And what did I do throughout the whole thing? I couldn't stop coughing Mm -hmm. like a jerk. I was just like, you know, just (laughs) coughing nonstop. And I think she was okay. I felt awful. She was very protected. She was covered in like the scrubs, that protective stuff. Shield, right, right. I, I felt like a leper in some, you know, some of it. uh, A few days later, we got the negative. Right. Test and result, which was really Which is good. great, yeah, because I'm, you know, I've been taking as much precaution as humanly possible, just trying to watch every single movement of mine at work and at home and, you know. Yeah, and the, the complicated thing about the COVID test, the nasal swab test, is that a positive may not necessarily mean a positive and a negative may not necessarily mean a negative. There's a lot of have like caveats to these yeah it could be that you're you're on the verge of getting it or yeah your symptoms just haven't manifested yet or you know you who knows so like but i never i never showed any symptoms we never showed any symptoms so but we, um, we felt good about it but even though like you get a negative result. They still say that you need to continue to self-isolate for up to 10 days because they want you to get past that window of when symptoms could manifest. So you, you know, I stayed home through that week and then that next Monday was about 10 days. And so I went back to the office and you continued to self-isolate for the full 14 days just to be on the safe side. So sort of feeling like Jack Nicholson kind of, going crazy and teetering on on just getting overwhelmed with with thought but not being able to to do much about it you know just yeah. being isolated but i i thought that it was it made me think about the people who are actually suffering through this shit yeah. and especially the people who are alone in you know hospital wards and they're hooked up to machinery that's supposed to keep them alive and they don't have anyone to look after them really that's in their family because they're so limited or they can't contaminate anyone else that I I felt very grateful that, you know, we're in a safer position than most people just by virtue of being in the state of Wyoming where there's just not a lot of it, you know, moving around. And I felt really blessed about that. It, you know, 
I did eat a lot, you know, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Being in the in the self-isolation, I was working uh, from home. And so I set up my stuff, my workstation in the on the kitchen table, just kind of sprawled everything out on that table. But sure enough, I had all my goodies, you know, the pantry was to my left, the coffee <laughs> was to the right. I was rocking and rolling, you know, just alternating pantry, <laughs> fridge, coffee, you know, and rinse and repeat. And then I would get up every now and then kind of look at the sun and, you know. <laughs> Just think about life, and then I'd go back to work. <laughs> oh, what a waste! So that that was the the adventure. So far, so good. Uh, now we can move on to probably more difficult things to navigate, uh, if you if you want. But that was our our quarantine, right? Yeah, and hopefully it doesn't happen again next week. Hopefully, like, yeah, because I mean, it could literally happen. It could happen again anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Because you're, I mean, you're not in the office full time right now, but you're right. still going. So we're just kind of like, well, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen again. But if it does, we'll just have to do yeah. this all over again. So, but like I said, just take precautions. Yeah. That's what I'm all trying you, to do for, for other safety as well. I mean, if right. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been a, an eventful, month i mean just just as we're we're kind of getting in the clear of that then the um the the protests uh for the the black lives matter movement started happening and i tell you what man that was that was just like a like a punch in the gut you know for for the country i think just just as we were coming out of like the covid scare like we were not necessarily normalizing it but we were trying to we were learning to manage it you know that it was going to be a long-term thing. Then, then this happened at the at the perfect time, long overdue, in my opinion. I mean, it had to happen, uh, but the way that it happened was just like, you know, mm-hmm. it was all at once. It felt like yeah. Um, it's I almost feel like the situation like primed primed this to happen. Like yeah, because everybody you know, everybody's so vulnerable right now. Right. And stuck at home and scared all the time of getting sick or getting Mm -hmm. somebody else sick. Um, you know, there's a lot of financial uncertainty right now. Right. You know, so economic and yeah, emotionally people feel like they start whittling down what's important to them. And I think that it, people felt like it was the time, the, the, best possible time to to stand up for what they believe in for what we all believe in which is justice well and this wasn't just like out of the blue i mean there was a a catalyst oh yeah you know the the murder of george floyd on essentially it was filmed live this man was murdered on camera and so when that started circulating on the internet i mean obviously like well, it's it's wildfire the, for the cause. I mean, it, yeah, it's, like the anger and the just the it just yeah, it just set fire. Did, did you see the video? I couldn't watch it. I watched a couple of minutes of it, and that was the most repulsive shit I've ever seen, man. There was nothing. I I don't know. I I, I was just kind of left speechless. Like, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. How does this individual? think that he can get away with this extreme and obscene abuse of power. Like there's no, there was, it's, it's like you couldn't figure it out. Like my brain couldn't compute how horrible that shit was. Well, and it's always like, 
it always comes out later that's like, oh, this isn't the first time something like this has happened with this particular officer. Like that always seems to happen. Right. And it's like, okay, so he has a record of shit like this and yet he is still on the force, still wearing a badge. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, and I think like, it's just, it's unfathomable what's happening right now. And then like today you hear about another black man shot in Atlanta in a drive through, like the today, like a week or two (laughs) after that, like it's not, it's, it's just, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it matters. Like two weeks solid of protests of people fucking burning shit in the streets Getting tear gas and like it doesn't Just fucking it doesn't fucking make one iota of difference. Like cops are still out there killing people. Well, that's that's the thing, and I think that the the allies to the cause, you know, whatever color they are, they have to step it up and acknowledge that there has to be a better way to for the police to do what it needs to do as as an institution. And we have to take away a lot of the responsibilities that the police has because they're clearly not equipped to to handle a variety of situations. And they have to be re... I don't know. They have to start from the ground up. Mm-hmm. As an institution, they have to start from the ground up. Yeah. it's Because the racism is built in. Yeah. It's, it's entrenched in the way that, you know, that it works. Yeah. And, you know, I, um, as a white person, um, in a very rural part of the United States that is 97% white, Mm. um, I feel a little helpless, removed. Um, and and it's difficult here. And I was really, I was really bummed out because I really wanted to go to the vigil that we had here, but yeah. we were in the middle of that quarantine, so yeah, we, we, we weren't able to leave or, or do anything. Yeah. But we we have a small movement here that, that yeah. is trying to make a difference, but it is, it is, I mean, it is great that we have it, that there's a group of, of people here who are trying to do the right thing, but a majority of the population in our state you know, feels that the status quo is the way that it should be. Right. And it's, it's difficult. Um, but if given the opportunity, I, you know, if we have another one, then I, I will make sure that we, that we attend because it's the right thing to do. And it is what we believe in. Yeah. We believe that there should be not necessarily like the idea of defunding the police is what has to happen. Yeah. But it comes down to how, that will be implemented. How will that be done so that we can, we can let people know that there is another way to do it. And I think that, you know, like Andrew Yang kept talking about this, you need to have say, you know, even if you're doing 911 for extreme emergencies that police, the police has to like respond to, why don't you have a 912 number where they, they send EMTs or they send mental health professionals or a variety of other professionals who are able to, intercept or or de-escalate situations because when they mean defund the police that's what they mean they mean taking those resources and offering other solutions to the problem 
because I think that a lot of police officers in the force would rather that the the calls get get you know delegated delegated to other areas. I mean, because the police should not be answering all of these calls, right? But they're saddled with that job, and that I understand. I mean, I think that they have the shittiest job because they have to, you know, because they're doing everything. They're doing everything. And that's not the way that it should Essentially, be. Essentially, like our society's like, we don't have the resources to like get the right people exactly. to do this. So just make the police do it. Yeah, they said we don't have mental health in our community. So fuck it. You know, have the the police go and and stop somebody from from doing something horrible because that particular individual was not was not helped like months prior yeah. or years prior. You know, and and that's the problem is that there's there's a complete focus in the militarized aspect of the police and the way that that you know the funds are used that i mean yeah there's just a lot of money going in there that could be allocated to other things i also think to other there's, services there's i think there's more than one facet to this whole thing of and course. that that is one facet of it but absolutely it's also... and that yeah and just to clarify that does not take away from the fact that the institution of these police agencies is it has racism embedded in its foundations in its very core. Yeah. We can't deny that. Right. And I but, think the idea that, you know, that law enforcement was founded in white supremacy is an, it's a fact mm -hmm. and it's not, it's incontrovertible that that is true. Right. Um, you know, some of the first law enforcement in this country were um, like people, people rounding up slaves that yeah. had run away. Right. That is the that is the origination of law enforcement in this country. That is not. There's no arguing it's, that fact. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and that has evolved into what we have today. Right. So, so there's still shades of that behavior. Not, you know, and, and I think that too, it, it comes down to the maintaining the status quo of what that job actually is, mm -hmm. that they refuse to see another way to handle situations. And, and, uh, remember the John Oliver, where he was talking about how they are trained as, as warriors. Yeah. Some of them are, yeah. Who, who come out for blood. There's a specific training and, program. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's not the only one, but there's a specific training program that right. police officers can take that is like literal warrior training. Yeah. And like, if you're not prepared mm -hmm. to kill a killer, then you are in the wrong profession essentially right. is what he, you know, what they teach. And, um, you know, that level of toxicity in a police precinct is, you know, it's yeah, hard, because, it's hard to come back from that. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like they they are even considering the the methods of de-escalation that exist before resorting to violence. And, yeah. And granted, I mean, those guys are in situations that that happen very quickly that that you know, you can't really help to to resort to violence sometimes, but that's why there has to be training that prepares them to react in different ways. Well, and, and you see like you know, what other countries require of their police officers, yeah. re like regarding training and, yeah. and it's like our, our police standards are laughable. 
comparatively, you know, yeah. and and I just think that it's and, it's like you the job you know, they're doing is so it's not an easy job. It's difficult. It's a complex. It's so difficult. And why are they not getting the training, the education right. that matches the difficulty of the job? Yeah. You know, like. And and that's, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought here, but it, it had more to do with the, the mental health aspect of it. Like these, these police officers, a lot of them, because it's, it's an easy transition or a normal transition for somebody in the service to transition into into law enforcement yeah. i i believe that that there has to be a point where these institutions have to address the ptsd the trauma and a lot of the i don't want to say baggage but the emotional components of somebody who who served in the military yeah. coming into into civilian life and and as a law enforcement individual a completely different environment i mean what does that look like is that a factor? Because I have, I'm curious to see what the correlation is, is there between a lot of these police officers who are, who are carrying a lot of emotional discomfort, trauma, and all of these other things that makes their job a lot harder. Yeah. And again, we're talking about just a facet of many of the, the moving parts to, to this problem, you know, just supporting the number one problem, which is the institutional racism yeah of the of law enforcement but i think that 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 is a, a very important point to note too is is the mental health aspect of the folks who are wanting to become police officers yeah and we don't take it into consideration enough i don't think there's a lot to unpack in yeah. this i mean it's just there's so many things that have led us here and um, systemic racism is is a big one. Um, and I have been trying it uh, to pay attention and to figure out where I can go to educate myself. Um, don't go to your black friends and say, "What can I do?" Don't do that. Like, <laughs> Just, they don't need another thing to worry about. They don't need to, like, help you. Like, right. help your fucking self. So, you know, there's plenty of lists out there. There's books. There's documentaries. There's, you know, there's resources sure. to educate yourself. And but be available, right? Sure. Be available. Sure. Um, but I think that um, Donnell Rollins said it best on Whitney Cummings' podcast. He said... We need you white people. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need you to show up. Mm -hmm. um, and we need you to ask dumb questions and we need you to educate yourselves, you know, right. and, um, and, and, that, and yeah. I, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing my best to try to, to do that. Um, I'm not posting about it really like on social media and stuff. I just don't know what to say. Right. So I'm just kind of well, doing a lot a thing. of like it's, self reflection and and trying. And I to. and I think that's the most important thing because for a lot of your your friends and the people who know you, they know you're on their side. And the important thing is to not pick up a megaphone and say and make a show out of it. In my opinion, because it's either get out there in the streets and and 
commit yourself to the cause or step back, shut up and, and educate yourself. Yeah. You know, I, it's difficult for me. And, and as a person, you know, as a minority, I mean, I, even I have difficulty articulating how it is that I can, that I can help because I am in a privileged situation that you want to say something, you want to do something, but even I have to take a moment to say, what do I need to do better? Right. How can I learn to be a better ally to, you know, the people that I care about? Yeah. You know, to the cause. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a, a tough thing to say. I mean, I, and that, and that's really made me think a lot too, just, um, just about where I stand on issues of, you know, on Mexican American issues, Chicano activism, and all of these things that because of where I was raised, I didn't have a lot of exposure to. I mean, my first like black friends were in college. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like my upbringing has, has been whitewashed, you know, in a yeah. way. And I have to learn those lessons, you know, t in order to be better. So it's hard. I mean, it's hard to accept because some days I feel really Mexican and I feel like a true ally. Like I'm right there with you. I know, I know what's up. I know what needs to be done and said, but you know, to contribute, to be positive, uh, in the impact that I'm having. And then other times I'm like, I'm, I might as well, you know, like put down my Mexican card because I'm, I'm just so my, my culturalism was so isolated, you know, yeah. that some things may be outdated, but again, that's up to me. That's up to nobody else to correct. Right. It's up to me to do the research, mm -hmm. to educate myself and to get better. And that's what I think we should be doing. And if we can donate money to the cause or get out there and organize. Yeah. You know, be a yeah. part of something. But <sighs> that's the time. Mm -hmm. That's the world that we live in. Yeah. And we got to we got to do something to help out. So shit. That's, that yeah. weighs on the soul. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you, you want to do the right thing. So we're here if you need us. I almost want to take a moment like to just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's a closing, lot. I'm it's closing heavy. my eyes, you know, cause I, I was thinking of the video of that, that woman that you showed me who was just spitting the truth just like we needed to hear it. Yeah. The um, girl last night who was saying, you know, she ended on like the most powerful thing I've heard where she said something like, you're lucky we're asking for equality and not out for revenge. Yeah. Yep. And that sat with me and I just kind of had to take a step back because mm -hmm. that's the truth, man. Yeah. You know, and you see those timelines of of how long slavery actually was, yeah. hundreds of years. And then you look at, you know, um, the, the, I guess, when was it? Like the 1900s until the, the 60s, 50s and 60s and stuff. And just the timeline of, realistically, we're talking about a couple of generations removed. 
if yeah. not. And Dave Chappelle made a really good point about it too. We uh, we watched his his special. His yeah, the one that just dropped. Eight forty six. And he was he was just dropping the you know, in his honest you know way he he was really laying it down mm-hmm. in in such a powerful way that that one knocked me on my ass too. But that's the point. I mean, you have to just take it all in because that is the reality of the world. Yeah. You can't shy away from from facing this monster of institutional racism and overt racism and the ignorance of some people in this country because that is the that is what we're up against. And it's an ugly thing and you think that it's 2020 we're better than that. But then you got that, you know, crazy lady like racist horrible person who was calling on the black guy who was telling her to put the the leash on her dog in new york like in central park yeah i mean those are the kinds of of obstacles to progress that we have coming in different shapes and sizes yeah and you know um who was it that made this point i can't remember who made this point but they were like yeah and you know amy cooper had that not That's happened had that not happened, she would have been one of those people at the protests. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. she's like the typical, like, New York liberal, you know, white who will, lady. Who will back you up when it's appropriate for her Instagram feed. Yeah, but she knew exactly and what to do. When she to, felt like her power was threatened. Yeah, like, she right? knew exactly how to weaponize her power. Her privilege. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shitty thing to see, man. Like you, you, I think in, in my heart of hearts, I've always wanted to be optimistic that there is good in, in all people, but sometimes some examples just prove me wrong. Some happenings just completely prove me wrong, but I want to stay hopeful that there is more good people than bad. Yeah. Within us, within our community, I just, I'm desperate for that to to be true mm-hmm. so shit shit <laughs> shit yeah yeah it's a lot black lives matters as soon as i get i'm able to get a hold of all these books that are yeah that are you know listed as books that we should read um i guess i'll start reading them but Obviously, right now, they are in high demand. They are, yeah. I know you've tried looking for them for the last little while. Yeah. So. yeah. We will We will get to it. We will continue. Um, but like I said, if you can, go out there and, and donate to the Black Lives Matter movement. And they have a couple of funds set up so that you can donate to the people who are getting incarcerated because of the protests and stuff like that. Um, and maybe I'll try to find some of those links and put them in the description of the, of the podcast so That's that a good idea. you guys can take a look at those. Yeah. Um, but for now, keep believing the change is coming. Black lives matter. Yep. So do you want to, do you want to talk about something cheery for a little bit? Sure. We, we had the pleasure of, uh, sharing a show with our son that we really cared about called. Uh, it's called Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> I was gonna let you say it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so, fuck that up. Yeah, it's Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's been a while since we saw that show. Huh? Yeah, I haven't. 
I watched it like in 2008, the last time it was on Netflix. Right. Um, and then they just released it uh, last month on Netflix again, and people lost their goddamn minds. Like, there were so many people who were just like, yeah. <laughs> what is that? It, What's like, happening? Yeah, and it was like people people who were watching it for the first time, people who were re-watching it after not having seen it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just the... You could just see the fandom swelling on the internet. Right. Um, what was it like watching it for the first time? Because you started watching it before I did, and then I came on board, and I, yeah, I started um, watching it with you guys back then. I watched it even before that. Like did you on, watch it live, like when I was I playing? watched it on TV, although yeah. not in its entirety, because watching things on TV was... It was different. Yeah, yeah. you could never catch the ones you needed to see in, <laughs> in, like, what, in sequence, what the you know? Yeah. <laughs> but... um. So, yeah, like, my brothers and I watched it um, on TV, and then, I don't know, and then, like, I think maybe at some point I had it on DVD. I don't really Mm -hmm. remember, but the first time I watched it from beginning to end um, was was about 2008. It was in college when... It was in uh, college. Like, Sam would come over, and you guys would watch it, and have a grand old time. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, it was just, like... It was, yeah, it's a kid's show. It's a Nickelodeon show. Um, so do you want to give them the Cliff's Notes of, of the show for some people that may not yeah. may not know? So the Avatar, Avatar The Last Ender, Airbender is about um, a boy named Aang and these two other kids, Katara and Sokka. And, you know, they find Aang like frozen in the tundra and he... He bursts out of the ice, and essentially he is the Avatar, which is a reincarnation um, of a figure who has control over the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, and who is sort of like a... He brings balance. He brings balance, yeah, to the world, to the four nations, and... um, He's been frozen for a hundred years and now he's back and now he has to try to become the avatar and Katara and Sokka sort of help him in his journey and a bunch of other people too. Um, And it's three seasons and it's just this whirlwind of a story. And yeah. And the big thing for me is, is just how sprawling it feels. Every episode is bringing something new to the narrative and it feels rich. Yeah. It is rich. I mean, you, you look at the, the the notions behind each nation and and how their their histories create the conflict between these these different uh um groups of people, I mean, is is just amazing to see. And it is a kid's show, so there's there's a lot of levity, there's a lot of, you know, like laughs and and you know really like childish humor but the underlying build of the of story you know that it is is really really breathtaking mm-hmm. it's really cool stuff especially i think like the first season is is really like the the most kid season you know it's still like mostly kookier and silly but then as it gets to the second and third season like you you get more of that mythology you get more 
of the of the world building and the narratives just start kind of like spinning into one another and it gets richer yeah. uh, right near the end it's it's got a great great build yeah um you know and it for a kid's show it it touches on a lot of things you know um discrimination and you know good versus evil and and, and morality yeah or... and even just the idea that things are not black and white um yeah. you know there's sort of a nuance to life and you know the idea that you know maybe an entire nation of people are not evil you know maybe it's just a fair few at the top who who have poisoned the yeah, water. Who have lost their way. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that's important, an important thing for kids to learn. Yeah. And it it's a, it's a very human show in that it's okay showcasing a lot of these flaws, a lot of these adult themes in, in a kid's show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like training these kids to be aware that, like, when you grow up, shit's going to get real. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of difficulty in life. And these and are some of the values. And you grow up. Yeah, and be difficult. And these will be the kind of values that you will need to overcome. Yeah. And to let go and to grow. And it's I, I think it's it's because of where it's borrowing from and where it's lifting a lot of the a lot of the influence. I mean, you're you're talking about like like Buddhism and a lot of uh Eastern uh cultures and and you know, martial arts yeah. that there there is that kind of built in um level of deep thought mm-hmm. um you know where where things are thought through carefully and and there is a deep philosophy philosophy within you know like where they're getting that information yeah. to build this world and uh it's i mean my our kid loved it yeah he, you did. Think? <laughs> he wanted to rewatch it yeah we started rewatching it again yeah. like yeah. this week um but it's it's just nice to have something like that to, you know, to have as a family. Yeah, it's nice to watch a kid's show that's not absolute garbage. <laughs> There's, they're gotta, few and far between. Yeah. Um, we got a high bar. Yeah, it's it's such a fun, but also emotional and engaging. Yeah. Who's your favorite character on the show? Oh, God, that's hard. I mean, Iroh. I was gonna say Uncle Iroh is. He's just is the best. such an amazing character. Yeah, you know, but the, each character has their has their moments where of humanity, their moments of yeah. of of making terrible mistakes and having to learn from them, and right, and you know, redemption, and you know, Zuko's arc, I think, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, from beginning to end, and. Um, you know, Katara coming into her own and like learning that she has this terrible power that she can wield and like the morality behind just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Like those are big lessons yeah. for kids to learn, you know, and um right. Yeah, and I just think that um it's it's such a it's such a cosmic level show you know like it's (laughs) an idea of like and and it's funny because our son has and i didn't even connect this until now he asked me today if i thought that 
if when we die, does our do our lives start over again? And I realized Jesus, did he really say that? He was asking me about reincarnation. And I think he was asking <laughs> me there. that because of the show, oh, because God. he understood that Aang is reincarnated. Right. Because he has, you know, he even speaks to his previous incarnation. Mm, his previous life, yeah. And I didn't even make that connection that that's probably why he asked me that. It's <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I mean, yeah, I had to launch in this whole explanation about some some well, people do believe that we reincarnate and uh, some people don't believe that. I am so I am so ill prepared for some of these questions when they come at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hell, I'm trying. I mean, <laughs> if you want your kid to ask big picture questions, let them watch yeah, Avatar. Let them watch Avatar. <laughs> That's the meaning of life, buddy. I I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Just let me get through breakfast, yeah, please. Yeah, but it's no, uh, it's it's a it's a great show and and something worth a watch if you if you want to watch something kick ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a it's not a huge commitment. It's three seasons, about twenty episodes each. Yeah, they go fast. I mean, they're only twenty minutes or so. Yeah, uh, and they're jam packed. Yep, a lot of action, a lot of cool shit happening. And uh, definitely well well worth the price of admission. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of good shit on Netflix, and, and hopefully uh, we'll get to it in the coming episodes. Um, we we were deliberating just what we were going to talk about on this episode, and, and we just... We've actually <laughs> we, watched stuff. We've seen a shitload we've of things. We've actually watched new stuff. That's, <laughs> so, that's big for us. Yeah. So next time we talk at you, which will hopefully be on a regular schedule... Uh, we're going to be getting to some of the good stuff that's on Netflix right now. Cause we've, we've been, uh, going to the buffet of, of good shit. Yep. Yeah. So is there anything else that you really wanted to touch on or did you want to keep this one? Uh, no, I think we can, um, we'll save some of the other topics for another okay. episode. Good, good. But I'm feeling pretty comfy right now in our, in our new recording setup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back in the basement in yep. the, uh, podcasting couch. And uh, I'm hoping that down the road we can have some guests again. That'll be that'll be pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, without further uh, delay, then we're gonna call it a night. But it's good to be in front of the microphone. Yep. Again. Yeah, it was good. This was a good episode. Yeah. What do you want to say? Uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Help us out, guys. Tell everyone that the show is the greatest fucking thing that's ever <laughs> happened to your life. And that we don't even, uh, we may not post just regularly. Just, yeah. but <laughs> just lie to your friends. Tell them it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. And uh, stay you, in touch. You can email us at ourkidsasleep at gmail.com. And Black Lives Matter. Have a great night, guys. Good night.